I have come to lead you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything. Hey everyone, welcome back to St. Paxton. I am your Game Master, Veronica. It's so good to be here. It's yeah. happening. Oh, hey. Hi, I'm Stacy, and I play Bellamy. I'm Michael, and I play Todd B. Hi, I'm Steph, and I'm playing Clara. And my name is Fred, and I am playing Edward. Cool, 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 cool. Last time on Welcome to St. Paxton, Nighthawk calls Masada Lago and tells Todd that Bellamy has finally awoken. The crew swoops in and gives Bellamy a very warm welcome and fills her in with everything that had happened during her 42-day coma. Bellamy reciprocates and fills the others in on the events that happened before she went into the coma. Afterwards, the crew heads to the Divine Bovine for some grub. Leo greets them as soon as they walk in and tells them that he has a crush on the lady who runs the frozen yogurt shop across the street. After some spot-on dating advice, Leo tries to talk to the lady at the frozen yogurt shop again. After some successful flirting, Leo gets back and suddenly lightning strikes and the crew watches as Leo's crush across the street is pulled behind the counter by something. And that's where we left off in the last episode. I don't know what just happened, but we should go make sure she's okay. Uh, I get really queasy when people get pulled under an ice cream counter. So, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. What? Oh. Uh, I, uh, you know, my, my tummy hurts too. I think I'm gonna go to the bathroom as well. I'll be right back. Uh, tell her I love her. Uh, don't say that, actually. Uh, say nothing about me. Okay, well, I'm going over there to make sure she's okay. Are you guys coming? Or do, do you need the bathroom too? <laughs> no, I'm right behind you, Claire, but oh. it's going to take me a little longer, remember? Crutches. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go on ahead and you can you can follow. But um, maybe she fell and hit her head. I don't know. And I will walk out the door and across the street. When you step outside of the building, you notice that it is several degrees cooler than when you walked into the building. And this isn't the kind of adjustment that happens just a couple of hours as you step inside and there's maybe a cold front that comes through. It's a weird, eerie kind of cool. And as you take a step onto the sidewalk, you notice that there's also not any night sounds. It's just eerily dead all around you. There are no crickets. There are no cicadas. There's no hum of lights on around you. There's just silence. And the streetlights came back on, right? That's right. Okay. I'm just going to keep going over to the yogurt shop. Okay. As you step 
off of the sidewalk and into this green space that separates Leo's from the yogurt shop, you notice that the lights, all of the little acorn street lamps, begin to flicker. I still have my flashlight in my bag. I never cleaned out my purse. So I'm going to pull out my flashlight and just have it at the ready and um, just continue on towards the yogurt shop. Hey, Bellamy, are you going to be okay? I'm going to go up ahead and catch up to Clara. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I shouldn't be too much longer. Fast as I can. I step outside and hurry to the ice cream shop. You meet up with Clara, and you also notice this temperature change. But to you, it feels like you've just walked into a really cool fall day. It's not frigid. It's just extremely crisp. And one of the effects of this sudden feeling is that you have goose flesh just all over your body, but the little hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. Is that relevant to like the time of year or are we unable to really gauge that while being on the island? It's just that the temperature is so drastically different from when you walked into Leo's. It's like if a very, very, very fast cold front had come through, taking you from late spring into late fall. Okay, I don't overthink it and... I just kind of continue moving and I'm like, what do you think happened? Do you think she just slipped and, and fell? I'm hoping that's all that happened. I, I hope she didn't hit her head or something though. We need, we should hurry. Yeah. I hurriedly go to the door and enter the ice cream shop. When you step foot into the ice cream or yogurt shop, you notice that it is extremely cold in there. It's like walking into one of those restaurant walk-in cooler. No, not a walk-in cooler, a walk-in freezer. Oh, it's cold in here. And I just walk around the counter. So as you walk around the counter, you see that the planks of this very old wooden floor are deeply marred with some kind of scratch. It almost looks like someone took a ton of nails or a bunch of nails and just dug them into the hardwood floors and then scraped them back. All of these marks just kind of go past the swinging door into the back area of the shop. Is there any other signs as far as like blood or, you know, any type of Signs of struggle, I guess, that I could see. You do see that there is a sleeve of ice cream cones that are just kind of scattered on the floor, like something fell over there. Yeah. Edward, I have a, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, it, I mean, she was right here, right? When we saw her fall? It looks like something dragged her back there. Okay, um... Well, let's see what's in the back room. As you walk through the swinging door, it's completely dark in there. 
You can't really see anything, but it smells kind of uh, like a storage area. And you can sense something moving in there. And you hear this kind of like... (laughs) I'll click on my flashlight. As you do that, you sense something come up behind you. And before you even have a chance to like twitch or make a motion, the flashlight is slapped out of your hand and rolls onto the floor. Did I see it at all? It's very dark in there. And as the flashlight rolls, it illuminates one part of the wall. And you see the ice cream shop owner is kind of like strapped up against the wall, kind of like some kind of um, adhesive is plastered her to the wall and has just has her pinned up against the wall and all of this stuff has her covered. So something slapped the flashlight out of my hand. Can I try to like elbow out in that direction in hopes of hitting something in the dark? Yeah, you sure can. Okay. As you elbow into this, you feel yourself go through something that feels like like a thick, humid bathroom after a shower. So even though everything around you is really cold, as you pull your elbow back, you feel this like warm, wet sensation, but it's just air. But whenever you come back, your arm is like caught in something. Something is hanging or is captured between your forearm and your upper arm, kind of like at the hook of your elbow. Edward, grab the flashlight quick. As I go to grab the flashlight, I want to use sense trouble. Okay. You only need to do a two. I have a three. Perfect. Okay. You do absolutely sense trouble. And you don't sense trouble in the way that you that you feel like you maybe you could control it. It's almost as though you are experiencing some kind of supernatural event. And one that you feel is not going to go well for you. So can you describe to me what I see with the shop owner again? You said she is suspended on the wall with some kind of invisible force or something that I could see. Yeah, so if you pick up the flashlight and you just look at her, you can tell that the substance that's pinning her against the wall looks something like a cross between this sticky spider web and skin. Is it likened to human skin? Yes. And when I put the flashlight on Clara... What do I see? Edward, when you look at Clara, you see this necklace um, kind of dangling. It's a long necklace on an old gold chain, but the pendant itself is wooden and it bears the same symbol of the scar that was on Clara's face and the shape that was in the books in the library and the pendant and necklace that you received as well. 
I look around. Do I see anybody else in the room with us? You see the door slap open and close. Bellamy. Yep. As you're hobbling over to the ice cream shop, your friends have run around the counter and into this back room. So you can see all of that from the window. And then you see the door open up as though someone just walked right through it, the front door, but no one came out. But then you see that the electricity in all of the little little acorn lamplights all around the street, they start to dim, not flicker, dim. And then one by one, the closer they are to the ice cream shop, they disappear. And then this kind of rolling, dimming, brown out to blackout happens. And you feel this wave of warmth wash all over your body. And then you see something open the door and walk into Leo's. And you're about three quarters of the way over to the ice cream shop as you see this door open for nothing, close for nothing. Nothing is there. And then you see the bathroom door open. Shit. I turn around and start to move as quickly and carefully back to Leo's as I can. The entire time I am screaming Edward and Clara's name over and over and over again. Not looking to see if they're coming, just as loud as I possibly fucking can. And I go back. Okay. As you start hobbling across the street and you're yelling so loudly for help, you see someone out of the corner of your eye light a cigarette. And you don't recognize that face. You don't know this person. But it's very clear that they're watching you. They take a long drag and the orange glow of the cigarette illuminates their face. And you see that they have these really sharp features. You can see this just through the moonlight and the glow of the cigarette. The man doesn't approach you. He simply says, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. My friend's in there. I don't, I don't have a choice. He puts out the cigarette and he turns away and he yells back over his shoulder. Don't say I didn't warn you. I warned all of you. All of who? And the man disappears into the darkness. I continue back into Leo's. Do we hear her screaming at all? You do. So as soon as I hear Bellamy screaming, I'm going to pull the necklace off my arm. Okay. And just hold on to it and turn around and run 
towards Bellamy. You do that. Edward, you see Clara leave, first of all. But then you also recognize that there's another person that's in this walk-in cooler who is struggling to maybe breathe or get down. But you'll have no idea until you get in there and take a closer look. You certainly don't have to. I'm just trying to give you all of the information. No, I definitely do. You know, Clara is going back towards Bellamy and I don't know what this person's condition is right now. So I'll probably check on the shop owner and and number one, just kind of check to see if she's breathing, if she's able to breathe, if there's something obstructing her passageways, whatnot. As you walk over to her, you see this fleshy, spidery substance. It's really sticky to touch it. To touch it and try and get it down, she's too high up to really access her mouth or nose. Yeah, I'll I'll try to to pull at it and see if it's something that'll give. Okay. It gives pretty I don't want to say easily because it is sticky and yucky, but it does tear away, but there's just a lot. It's like scooping out a jelloy pumpkin. So you're able to kind of pull her down, but you see that she's got this like stuff all over her face as well. And once she gets down, she starts clawing and trying to get it out. And you can see that her hands are just bloody from clawing at her face and possibly the floor. I try to reassure her. I want to calm her so that I could maybe try to help her with what's covering her face. You need a five or higher. She is panicking. Okay. Um, I have reassurance four, so I'll use two points to try to calm her down. And I rolled a five, so that is a seven. Great. You do a great job. You're able to hold her face, and the look in your eyes is so reassuring that you're here, you've got her. And you sort of push her cheeks together and she relaxes and you pull her over and she's able to kind of puke up all of this stuff. And there are these huge chunks. I mean, and then she kind of chokes on this thing and you see that she was choking on this thing that was plugging her airway and she's just... (coughs) I don't know, but Leo's a friend of mine, and he asked me to come over here when he saw you fall under the counter, and my friends just went back to the Divine Bovine, and I don't know if, I don't know what's going on. Um, are you okay? Do you want to come with me? No, or? no, no. I, I have to clean up in here. There, what is that? No one wants ice cream with this stuff in it. I gotta clean this up. Just get Go get that thing! You're so handsome. I'm sorry. Please get out of here. Absolutely. (laughs) And I just leave. She kind of pushes you out of the door. She's ready for you to get out of her space. 
maybe she doesn't want to see you or she doesn't want you to see her like this. Maybe she wants to protect her business, but she doesn't want you in this area anymore. But once you're around the counter, I'm just going to lock this. Okay. I don't want anything else to get in here. Is that, is that, is that the right thing to do? That's, it, that's smart, that's right? That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, of course, of course. If I see yes. Leo, I'll, okay. I'll tell him to stop by and check in on you. Thanks. Okay. Go. Yeah. And I turn and I start running down the street. You hear a solid click as the door tumbler clicks and locks behind you. You can see through the moonlight that the woman just runs back around the counter. And then you look across the street and you see Clara rush through Leo's and open the bathroom door. Okay. Do I see Bellamy anywhere or do I just see Clara and she's going into the bathroom? Bellamy is struggling to open the door with two crutches. Yeah. So Clara's inside <laughs> the building now and Bellamy is still outside. Yes. Okay. I immediately open the door for Bellamy. It, what's going on? Why Why were you yelling Some, for us? No, just get in there after Clara. Something invisible is out here. And without a thought, I go directly in. As you round the corner and pull the door open to the bathroom, you see Clara just frozen, stuck in place, as though she's not able to really take in what she's seeing. And you hear Todd on the other side. Hello? Uh, Leo came in here a couple of Leo? Hey, bud, are you there? You both see Leo, and he is sucked into the toilet. So, whatever it was, kind of just went through him, and maybe into the toilet, like into the sewer, because it looks like Leo is just folded in half, and his body is just pushed into the toilet. And there's this large hole into his pelvic area. Is is he alive? Like, do I see a sign of anything? He certainly isn't showing life signs. He's certainly not breathing heavily. There's just a lot of blood and viscera. I... grab Clara and take her outside and I'm like, uh, hey Todd um, might be a good idea to get off the shitter and uh, come join us outside there's it, it's Leo um, he's dead you hear a toilet flush and you hear Todd very jangly cargo pants shorts full of all sorts of stuff, just jingle jangling as he pulls up his pants and buttons zips the whole nine yards. And then he walks out. As you turn on your heels and walk out of the bathroom, you hear the pump of the soap dispenser, like pumping several times as 
you notice Todd wash his hands and walk right past Leo and walk right out of the bathroom. I just want to confirm Todd walks out or Leo walks out. Clara, did you see what happened? What did that to Leo? What? What the hell just happened? I opened the bathroom door. Uh, guys? Todd walks right past you, sits at the booth, and begins to resume eating his hamburger. You see Edward and Clara just sort of part shoulders and... There's Leo, sucked into a toilet, hole in his pelvis, blood everywhere, and Todd's eating a burger. And then, Bellamy, you... you notice something weird happen. You feel this gap. Just a second or two. You feel like you could reach into 10, 15 minutes ago. If you just walked in there. If you just touched him. Touched Leo? Yes. I think there's a slight hesitation, but then I will hobble forward and reach my hand towards the closest piece of Leo. You touch Leo's forehead, which is the thing that's just closest to you, and you smell something that's so weird and familiar to you, but you can't really place it because it happens in such a weird place where you have this like sensation of smelling both Todd's shit and peanut butter and but you just know that there was some way you could have helped him you could have done something and as you let your hand rest on Leo you experience this flash of memory and you see this person with a helmet on And they look up at you from Leo's body. And they flick open this face visor type thing. Like a motorcycle helmet visor. And you almost think that the person says to you, Be kind, rewind. And then the visor slaps down. And you're just touching Leo's body, which is clammy. I will quickly pull my hand away. And I think that I'm in a state of shock and confusion so I jerk my hand away but I continue to stand there and stare at the body Todd what the fuck man how can you eat Leo's dead like didn't you see him in there 
As you turn around and you say this to Todd, something looks back at you. Something horrendous. This creature is there. It's not Todd at all. It has these kind of like reptilian feet. And there's no Todd at all to be seen. And this thing has these long arms and they're coming from like abdomen and when it turns around to look at you you see that they're not arms at all they're these huge writhing tentacles and in the center of its abdomen there's this big gaping toothy maw And then it disappears. Todd is not there. But then you hear the toilet paper roll from the bathroom. And Todd says, Leo, buddy, are you okay in there? It sounded like you had a tough time. I get it. Sometimes pistachio ice cream does not settle well. And you hear Todd open up the stall and he says uh hey guys uh what are you doing what are you doing uh pooping i pull out my gun and i point it at todd and i say if you're really todd tell me something that only todd would know Murder. The password. Murder. No, your password. Uh, hold on. And he starts digging into his little cargo shorts, and he pulls out the piece of paper, and he goes, Uh, uh, (laughs) X gonna give it to you. Right? Oh my god, Todd. It's... Fuck. It's obviously Todd. (laughs) I almost just shot you, Todd. You have a gun? Always. I've been spending a lot of time with Sam. What do you mean? I didn't realize you just started carrying a gun around. And I'm into it. I'm in. Leo's... He's dead. How did you miss that in the bathroom? What did you hear? Like... Look at him. So, Todd looks inside. Finally. And then he says... That is the worst case of diarrhea someone has ever had. That's all I heard. I I just heard pooping. Do we still see Leo? You do. This can't be right. He was right. He was just right here. He came in and said, Ah, pistachio ice cream. And I said, Yeah, I know. I think I might be lactose intolerant. And then he laughed about it with me. What do you think could have done this to him? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, probably. What the fuck is in that ice cream? God, this is no time to joke. I'm it's, not joking. It, it was something attacked. It, something attacked Daisy and. And then there's like, it, I don't know, 
It was so weirdly cold over there, and then this necklace appeared out of nowhere, and then I heard Bellamy screaming, so I ran back here, and... Bellamy. Yes. When you hear your name, something dawns on you. You've never known Todd to take a shit that took less than 30 minutes. Ever. And you've known Todd a really long time. And you you have this memory of someone saying to you, something must be lurking around your body. And you feel that same sensation of having this weird deja vu, being inside a deja vu. And it's almost like you're trying to end a deja vu, like when you feel like, oh, when you recognize you're inside of a deja vu, but it just doesn't stop. It keeps going. And you remember saying, yeah, time is weird here. Um, guys? <sighs> yeah. I, I am having the weirdest deja vu and it makes no sense. Like, you've seen this before? No, it's not... It's like flashes of other things that relate to this. Like, time is weird. We all know Todd can't shit in less than 30 minutes. I mean... (laughs) If he's out before that time, there's something wrong. It hasn't been 30 minutes. And he looks at his watch. Todd, was it 30 minutes to you? What time does everyone have? I check my watch. I have 9.32. The rest of you have some version of about 20 to 25 minutes before that. So our watches don't match up with each other. Right. Each of you are about a minute or two off. Approximately the same, but just a little off. You could say that's just the way that each of your watches were set or the way that they keep time. It's that little of variance. But the three of us have a 20-minute discrepancy to Todd's time. That's right. Okay. He... Or his watch, rather, is about 20 minutes ahead of you. Huh, time is weird. You know what? We, Todd left us, so time must have sped up for him. It was like, you know, when we first got to the island. Or when we were stuck in the library for weeks? Uh, so, are we 20 minutes in the past? Uh, because... Or or we jumped 20 minutes to the future? Wish we could jump 20 minutes back. Well, look, I... I think we need to alert somebody about what's going on. Maybe we need to reach out to... Beatrice, and 
get somebody here to take care of Leo's body and maybe maybe we should go talk in the front or if we can jump ahead in time maybe we can jump back okay what does that mean how do we do that I don't know but there has to be a way right um yeah I mean time is weird we just don't know how to wield it but this, I, I don't we've, know. Yeah, we've we've seen and done weird things. Why not? Why not that? Surely we can change this. Um. But wait, hold on. We are, are we trying to go back in time to prevent what happened to Leo? Yeah. I mean, if if we can. I mean, I don't know if we if we're traveling in time or if time just passes at a different rate in places, but... Who's holding the necklace? I still have it in my hand. You notice that the chain starts drifting toward the toilet that Leo's on. You all notice this. It's as though it's being sucked into that toilet. Uh, guys... Are you making that happen? Um, nope, that's happening on its own. And Do you let it, go of it? No. Is it just sort of drifting? It begins tugging harder. Are Edward or I's necklace reacting the same way? Or Todd's for that matter? That's a great question. <laughs> In fact, yours seem to be pulsing in this sort of fast heartbeat. Was this the same symbol on the necklace in my hand as the ones that they're wearing? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put my hand on my cheek where the symbol Mm -hmm. is and look at the others and be like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe grab your necklace? I don't know. These... It's done things before. Maybe we have to wield it. Together? I grab my necklace. I grab my necklace? I grab my necklace. As you all grab your necklaces, standing there, watching as the chain of Clara's necklace is being sucked into the air. Nothing happens. It just gets harder for Clara to hold onto her necklace. Nothing extraordinary happens at all. Where is the chain trying to float off to? Into the same hole that's in Leo's pelvis. I will just like to get closer to that and examine it? Closer to the hole? Yes. As you get closer to the hole, you hear these voices. Sort of whispers. Chanting some secret words. You feel this tugging 
he hears someone. And the chanting behind the whisper gets louder. And now all of your necklaces are being pulled as well. Can I see anything in there? Just bloody water. I flush the toilet. The chanting stops, and all of the floating ceases. Uh, maybe we should leave the bathroom? Yeah. With the necklaces? Yeah, I think that's best. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. Did, did you guys all hear that? You all heard it. I, I heard yeah. something. Yeah, I heard voices. Um, and can, can we get out of the bathroom and discuss it away from this? Oh, oh, yes. I'm already hobbling on my crutches. Okay. I'll hold the door open for you. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um. Uh. I, I. I think. I got one of their necklaces, but I don't know what they are. If Leo is a source of your stability, please remove him now. I close the door to the bathroom to kind of get Leo out of everybody's sight. And I say to the group, it, the voices said that we have or or you have their necklace. Do you remember when we were in the library? What, the old woman was talking about... Um, the blood witches of the island? Oh. Yeah? I think we might have their necklaces. And it sounds like they want it back. I mean, I don't recall much more than that, but... Maybe that's who killed Leo? And that's where we're gonna call it. Short up, but I like that. Bah. <laughs> I, I almost shot Todd multiple times. <laughs> oh no! So like, if if you didn't make that creature disappear, I was just gonna like sweep Clara behind me and just pull out my gun and just start shooting at the stall, like the the booth. Uh, and then you said it disappeared. So then when Todd showed up, I was like, gotta make sure, gotta make sure you're Todd. And then you said murder, and I'm like, oh shit, that's not the password. Some, some murder's gonna be happening right now. I can't yeah, believe it was <laughs> X oh. gonna give it to you. That's so fucking stupid. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was memorable though for me. <laughs> this episode was edited by Rob Anderson, the musician who made The Promenade, our opening and closing theme for season two of Welcome to St. Paxton. Find him on Twitter at Potentially Rob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at Maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at Typical Veronica. Mike is at One Gaming Lane. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly. 
and you can find me at Definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. The podcast art was created by Evan Mitchell. You can find out more about their ventures on the podcast For Whom the Dice Roll. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast has stumbled upon during the recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekly Inc. shows, such as Inks and Issues, Cast of Thrones, or Transformation Sequence. Hey Creepers, it's Hero. And when I joined CAF, I thought I would be taking on a new hobby and refocusing my production mind to help bring a fun show some special energy. Fast forward a few years, and I can honestly say that the community that has joined into this, quote, little hobby project of ours has been nothing short of amazing to me. The support we've received from the Creeper community has been incredible, and while we thank you all, Special thanks needs to go to our fine patrons, like Stian Andreas Fossen. We appreciate your contributions so much, and look forward to making more great content for you.